Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shots. Thank you, Scott Easy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. We have a great show for you. I'll speak with former Troy High School baseball standout Eric Bolak, who will be starting Friday night for the Tri-City Valley Cats against the Washington Wild Things and the significance of that start. The second leg of the uh, Triple Crown horse racing will take place on Saturday at the Preakness down in Baltimore at Pimlico. And our reporter Mike McAdam will be there to uh, cover that second leg of the uh, Triple Crown. Mike, uh, welcome back. And uh, before we get into the Preakness, how was your Kentucky Derby experience? Um, it was a fun trip. It was a nonstop, no moss, no moss uh, experience from a reporting standpoint because stuff was breaking constantly on Thursday, Friday, and even into Saturday morning when uh, the morning line favorite Forte scratched out of the race. So, you know, we, when when one of the Japanese horses, Continuar, scratched at 9:10 on Friday night. We thought we were out, you know, in the clear and, and out of the woods, and boy, were we wrong because the the best was yet to come. Saturday morning, we were actually on the shuttle bus to Churchill Downs at eight o'clock in the morning when we saw a tweet about um, Forte scratching, and uh, so as soon as we got to the track, we had to scramble and get that up online and everything, and and. Uh, there was more to come on that front, too, but uh, we can talk about that yeah, later. We'll, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit, but let's talk about the Preakness. Uh, it's a, just an eight-horse field that includes just one horse uh, willing back from the uh, Kentucky Derby. That's the winner, Madge. Um, among the new faces to the Triple Crown tra uh, Trail will be one from trainer Bob Baffert, national treasure. Uh, it'll be Baffert's first starter in the uh, Triple Crown race since Medina's Spirit. Uh, finished first in the 2021 Derby because we know what happened there. He was eventually disqualified for a drug positive. So, are you surprised it's a short field to start with? Um, not really. Um, th there were a couple other Derby horses that were, as far as we knew last Saturday, were supposed to run in the race and then they kind of fell by the wayside. Um, you know, I was going back, I checked the last 10 Preaknesses. Um, just the field size and who won them. And, uh, and over the last 10, you know, they averaged 9.9 .9 horses. So um, surprised? Mm, yeah, I guess so. I, I think a couple of those derby horses, you know, probably would have been in there. Um, I'll just rattle off the field real quick. You already mentioned National Treasure in the one hole. The two is Chase the, Ch Chase the Chaos. Three is the derby winner, Mage. Four, Coffee with Chris, a long shot. Five is Red Root One. Six is Perform. Seven is Blazing Sevens from uh, Chad Brown. And eight is the Lexington winner, First Mission. So it's a shortish field. Um, as far as I can see, there's only a couple of them in here who can actually win it, including uh, the Derby winner, Mage, who, who was uh, eight to five on the morning line, and deservedly so against this field and off of his uh, really nice Derby win uh, two weeks ago. So. Shortest field kind of diminishes the interest level in it a little bit. Um, but if Mage wins this thing, then we are, we're on to the Belmont in three weeks with a triple crown on the on the line. Um, they were a little hesitant to, eat, to, to enter Mage in the Preakness until they saw all the right signs from him during the you know the weeks leading up to this Saturday, and, and they saw those, and the horse told them he's ready to rock again. So. 
Um, so a mage deserving eight to five favorite running against seven with a couple nice horses in there um, who you know who could maybe give him problems. What was the name of the champ, Chad Brown train horse again? Blazing? Blazing Seven. Oh, man. I was uh, hoping it was Blazing Saddles. Look at that. A lot of fun with that. Um, <laughs> Rock Ridge and... Let me think. Uh, Mungo. Let only. me think if there were any... Um, well, a horse got punched in that movie, so we <laughs> yeah. probably don't want to refer to that at all. Mungo, um, only pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> right. <laughs> get, a, so, get, a, get a bleep load of dimes. <laughs> yeah, the previous will be where Choo Choo go on uh, <laughs> this coming Saturday. Oh, my. No, so it's Blazing Howard, Sevens. Yeah. I think it's... I, I'm not sure sure what it's a reference to it sounds like something that um, might even be like a poker reference or something I don't know we'll have to look into that what about Baffert's uh, train horse I mean he's not going to be there but uh, yeah to have him have a horse back in the triple crown for the first time in a couple of years yeah um, his he was banned from the derby by Churchill Downs for two years which is why he didn't run in it last year and didn't run in it this year not for lack of horses that were good enough to run in it um, so um, and he didn't run in the Belmont. He didn't run in the Preakness last year. Uh, he didn't have anything in there. So this will be the first Triple Crown race that uh, he has a horse entered since Medina Spirit finished first in, in 2021. It took forever. In fact, they're still adjudicating that in, in the courts. Um, you know, if you go on Equibase and look at the official chart from the 2021 Derby, um, Medina Spirit is still listed as the winner, even though he's been disqualified and Mandaloon uh, elevated to first place. So, in the meantime, Baffert's very familiar with the, the Preakness, of course. He's won it a record six times, um, including the last few Triple Crown winners, which was uh, Justify in 2018 and American Pharaoh in 2015. So, he, he's been all over this race for a long time and comes in here with uh, one of the legit shots. He, uh, National Treasures four to one, coming off a of fourth place in the Santa Anita Derby. Um, sort of indicative of how the credentials of some of the, the horses in this field are a little on the lighter side. National Treasure actually is only a maiden winner. He hasn't won a stakes race, um, but he's four to one and uh, so we'll see. We'll see Baffert in the in the Preakness again, a, a race that he's very familiar with running in and, and also winning. Yeah, we'll talk a little, a little bit more about Baffert and the uh, the uh, Black Eyed Susan in just a moment. Sure. But um, Forte, I mean, the, the absence of Forte really, I mean, may have, I think may have put a damper on the Derby because he was the Derby favorite, scratched the morning of the race, and now his absence will be looming over the Preakness, especially after news broke last week that he had failed a drug test. Out of the hopeful at Saratoga last summer, he's not eligible to run in the Preakness, but is pointing toward the uh, Belmont Stakes on June 10th. I mean, what what is going on with Forte? What, I mean, this is really a sticky it's, situation. He's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, he put on a damper, on, put a damper on the Derby, as you mentioned. He puts a damper on the Preakness by not being able, and he and he's not eligible for the Preakness because once he was scratched the morning of the Derby with a very minor foot bruise that they believe was the result of a little stumble he had during a routine gallop a couple days before that. Um, once the state, the Kentucky State vet scratched him out of the derby, he's automatically placed on a 14-day vet's list, which means he has to come back clean and also um, uh, run a, a published workout uh, before he's clear to run again, um, which I fully expect him to do. They're, they're, they're full steam ahead for the Belmont, and I don't think they the, the, the injury's so minor it was just enough to 
knock them out of the derby, but it doesn't it doesn't appear that they expect it to be anything that will keep them out, out of training for any length of time or keep them out of the Belmont. So, um, so that was enough for that weekend. And then the New York Times on Monday wrote the story that eight months after the fact, apparently this horse tested positive for a very small amount of um, an overage of a painkiller type drug um, that has been tied up in, in you know, um, Todd Pletcher and the owner, uh, Mike Rapoli, lawyered up and they and there's just been this back and forth between their camp, the Forte camp and the New York State Gaming Commission to try to get this thing adjudicated. And they finally did it um, on Wednesday, I believe it was, of this week. Um, and uh, they disqualified the horse from his hopeful victory, which was a, you know, a pivot point toward him winning the the uh, um, two-year-old male Eclipse Award championship last year. Um, since then, he's also won two races, two good graded stakes, including the Florida Derby at Gulfstream Park this season, and was primed to take a, a big shot at the Derby until he got scratched, and then this other thing happened, and it's just like, so, um, you know, you, you can kind of compare it to the Medina Spirit situation a little bit, which is still tied up in the courts. This thing with Forte, who knows how long it's going to take to finally get a final resolution on it. But in the meantime, losing him out of the Derby and then him not being able to run in the Preakness, um, you know, really, you know, kind of strikes a sour note for both of those races and hopefully he gets back in. Um, you know, ready to rock for the Belmont so we can have a, you know, a real big factor out of him, uh, you know, for that race. Um, but in the meantime, <laughs> it's just, just when you think it's over, it ain't over. <laughs> you mentioned the fact that he's, you know, with the, you know, the horse getting, you know, eventually disqualified. What happens with the people that bet on these races months after the these the, the the race we do nothing so, because nothing? the I mean once the payoffs are given out there that's it um, now they do hold the purses in escrow until all you know drug tests clear and everything and there's no disqualification so and that's part of the reason it gets hung up in court for so long is that, you know th these people don't want to lose their share of winning the, winning the the hopeful purse I think the hopeful is like two hundred thousand and. Two hundred fifty thousand, something like that, of which the owner gets forty percent to distribute among the trainer and the jockey and, and everything. But um, so, so the batters are out of luck. Um, uh, nothing. I mean, that genie come, is out of the bottle, and there's just no way to to um, really do anything about that. Um, and, you know, which you know, the batters are really one of the lifebloods of the sport, and when you start messing with that. Um, you know, people are going to be angry and they're going to take their gambling dollars elsewhere. Um, I, you know, I didn't really see a lot of gambling and better backlash off of this particular case um, for whatever reason. I mean, I, there's been other cases where, like, for instance, the Breeders' Cup a couple years ago, there was a horse that was a gate scratch and then the and then they were refunding bets, and then the stewards had decided that he could, was, he was okay to run, and they put him back in the gate. And that that was a, that was a real black eye for the sport from a better standpoint. Um, but they really have no recourse. There's no class action. There, I mean, we're talking about astronomical amounts of money, and it's paid out. It's there's no way to go back and, you know, 
ask some <laughs> know who like bet us uh, you know through a teller window right. as opposed to online i mean all this stuff is tracked online if you're betting with your phone or your tablet or something but um there's just no way to put that genie back in the bottle um but that that's a good point and it should always be a consideration when something funky is going on speaking of uh online betting all of a sudden i bet's had some issues on the kentucky every day right. with uh uh, the system crashing, are they assured that that will not be a problem for the Preakness? Um, I guess never say never. Um, I know from talking to Naira, they they ran simulations before the Derby um, to test their system, their tote system, um, and their ADW and everything, advanced deposit wagering, to see if it would handle like the type of handle betting handle that they anticipated for the derby um and it still crashed and based on some of the tweets the ang very angry tweets i saw um this isn't the first time this has happened to naira i think it's happened to some other platforms too but in this day and age you really shouldn't have an outage of your betting site for over an hour on the biggest day of the whole calendar year i yeah. mean that's it just shouldn't happen and you know they sent out assurances and to, to their customers, um, but, you know, Preakness-wise, it, it won't handle, I, you know, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, it won't handle the same as, as Derby Day, and you have to remember that a, lot, a big part of the handle is not just the bets that come in on the Derby itself and, like, the early wagering on the Derby. There, there's strong cards with stakes races that, that are generating a ton of bets throughout the course of the day. Um, and I guess as they got closer to the Derby, people were scrambling to get their stuff in and it overloaded the system. I don't know. I didn't really get a lot of specifics on what happened, but um, I mean, word to the wise, I guess, get your bets in really early. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I will say that, and again, to encourage people to get their bets in early, um, usually on a, like a Wednesday at Saratoga, you can wait until the last minute, and you should wait until the last minute because you can get information from the tote board about which horses are being bet. But on Derby Day, the the betting pools are so gigantic that you're not going to see really fluctuations late that will indicate you know maybe the better suddenly are are really on one horse over another one. So um, I know I. If I get bets in on the Derby, I, you know, a lot of this stuff I get in and, you know, one o'clock in the end, you know, five hours before the race for a, a variety of reasons. But one is you don't you really need to wait until the last minute. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Bob Baffert earlier. Of course, Mike Bianco joining us here on the Party Shots podcast mm -hmm. talking uh, Preakness Stakes. And uh, Brett, even though Baffert won't be there at the uh, at Pimlico, his presence will be felt there all weekend. He has a heavy favorite in uh, the Friday's grade two, Black Eyed Susan. Undefeated FaZa, uh, is that? FaZa, yeah. Uh, because the other cards on Friday and Saturday also have some other interesting horses to watch, including a rising star for owner Bill Parcells, Maple Leaf Mel. That's a great name for a horse. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you want a Maple Leaf. I'm not sure if you're freaking Maple Leaf as a hockey team, maybe, but not. But Well, the, the, <laughs> the background on that is that um, Jeremiah Engelhardt is the trainer and one of his assistants um, 
Melanie, and that's where the Mel comes Thank from. You. Also, is Canadian, his assistant trainer. She's had a lot of involvement in this horse. That's what. Uh, back to Baffert a little bit. I, I believe he will be there uh, physically. I mean, he's not barred from yeah. go or anything. I know Jimmy Barnes, his assistant, who's like a sort of traveling aide de camp, um, is already there with his horses. But I, um, I, I believe he he will actually be there and might be there already. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but Faza. Um, is so good, and she's undefeated from five stars, most recently the grade two Santa Anita Oaks uh, in April, that um, for the weekly NTRA poll that I, I participate in, I actually put her number 10 on the list because she, I think she's that good, not that she would run against males anytime soon, but you know the knuckleheads who were up on the list early and then didn't really do anything in the derby they kind of drop off when you're voting on these things and i threw phase in there at number 10 because um she appears to be a dynamite talent has done nothing wrong um and is a deserved seven to five favorite um other baffert stuff that um i'm going to keep an eye on um two he's got two horses running on saturday and of course they're both three-year-old males um and one of them that is the shortest uh, odds on the whole weekend, Arabian Lion, two to five in the Sir Barton on, in the Preakness undercard. Uh, he was second to first mission in the Lexington. First mission, of course, is the second favorite in the uh, in the Preakness. And then in the Chick Lang, he's got a horse named Having a Meltdown, who's eight to five, who he sent over to uh, Saudi for the su very rich uh, Saudi Cup races, and he was second in the Saudi Derby. Um, but looks like he's shortening up in distance. So Baffert's got a couple three-year-old males that are uh, very short prices on Saturday along with Faza. Um, but we can talk about Maple Leaf Mel a little yeah, bit too. Yeah. <laughs> um, a horse, um, Philly, that Bill Parcell is very high on, and I, I wrote about her a couple times last year. Um, she uh, She's three for three. She's also undefeated like Faza in two of her races were at Saratoga last year. She broke her maiden impressively and then won the, a stakes race called the Seeking the Ante. Um, so uh, she's coming into the Miss Preakness, which is a sprint race. And if she does well here and, and maybe gets another race in, probably maybe on Belmont weekend or something, uh, she's, a she's a filly we could look for running mate perhaps in the in the grade one test at Saratoga, which would be great to see Bill Parcells have a good horse in a really good race yeah. at Saratoga. He's certainly popular with the fans when he shows up. I know one of her two races at the spot, I can't remember which one last year that she won. He wasn't there because he was out with COVID. I think it was the maiden race. Uh, he, he might have been there for the stakes race, I think, the Seeking the Ante. I know he missed one of them because of COVID, but... Um, Seeing him walk down the stairs in the clubhouse down at Winter Circle, <laughs> pretty cool because he, needless to say, gets stopped for autographs and pats on the back, and, and he appreciates all of it. And you can tell he's just having a hell of a good time with this horse. Yeah, and doesn't have to worry about coaching the horse, I guess. <laughs> no, but he does coach the trainer, as I found out last year. He, That's why he left all those weights. Jeremiah Engelhardt, um, he missed one of his starts because he took his kids to Yankee Stadium. And I, and I mentioned this in the column I wrote about Parcells toward the end of the meet where Jeremiah had a funny quote. He said, uh, if you think he still doesn't have the same intensity he had as a near Giants head coach and, and Cowboys and the Jets and everything, uh, you, you should hear him. You should hear what he says when you inform him that you're not going to be at the race that day because you're taking your kids to Yankee Stadium. So uh, that is good stuff from those guys. So who are your, who are your picks in the Preakness? Um, picks, plural. I'm not prepared to do that yet. I will say on top. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
because I, I need to look at it a little bit more. I mean, it, it seems pretty obvious um, Mage is going to be one of the ones, but uh, I'm going with first mission on top. I thought he was really impressive in the uh, Lexington. Um, you know, he, he he was kind of a borderline derby horse, but didn't have enough points because, you know, um, he just won his maiden at fairgrounds in New Orleans in March, and then he jumps up and win the, wins the Lexington, which was kind of like the last chance for gas on the derby qualifying points um, series. And it's it's also only three weeks before the derby, so it's a, kind of a quick turnaround. But he didn't have enough points. Otherwise, he you know, if he had another stakes uh, placing with some points, with some derby points, we might have seen him running in the thing so they waited for this one he's done nothing wrong um you know he, he ran a, a beautiful race in the lexington at keeneland um he's five to two off of just three starts and, and two wins so i got him on top um i still got to kind of work out what i'm going to do with the rest of them i mean mage could win by five lengths um cause he's a really good horse and he's really making a lot of progress um so he'll be he'll be in there, but I, I think I, I'm I'm gonna have to commit to first mission on top because we've kind of been waiting to to pick him and bet on him since uh, that nice Lexington win. Well, enjoy your trip to Baltimore at, and enjoy the Preakness. I will. It's always a fun time down there. We're supposed to get a little bit of showers on Saturday, I think, but it doesn't look like it's gonna be anything real bad in the rest of the week leading in. It looks like the I already checked the weather uh, looks. Looks nice, you know, not hot, no rain. It's just might get a little bit of showers on Friday night and Saturday morning. So um, always fun to go down to Baltimore for that race. And, and they serve crab cakes in the press box. There so. you go. That's all you need to yeah, crab, go crab cakes with that. <laughs> Mike, appreciate a few minutes. All right. Thank you very much, Ken. Coming up, Eric Bolak discusses the meeting of his start for the Tri-City Valley Cats on Friday night. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Meet Andrew Waite. He's a dedicated journalist with a passion for research and a commitment to getting all sides of the story. Whether it's a local issue or an upstate trend, I do the stories and interviews that shed light on what's important to you. Stay informed. Read Andrew Waite in the Daily Gazette. It's my job to offer commentary about what's happening in our community and what it means to our readers. The Gazette, reporting based on accuracy and integrity. It's who we are. It's what we do. Take the Daily Gazette, the local voice of the Capital Region, along with you wherever you go. Want to win an Apple iPad? Download the app at either the Apple App Store or Google Play and enter the contest inside the app to win. Don't wait. The contest ends July 31st at midnight. The winner will be notified by the email used to enter the contest. Good luck. Hi, this is Tri-City Valley Cats manager Pete Incavillia. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. My next guest is Eric Bolak, a standout pitcher for Troy High School and Lemoyne College. He was in professional baseball from 2008 to 2014. On Friday night, Bolak will return to the mound when he pitches the first inning for the Tri-City Valley Cats against the Washington Wild Things in Frontier League action. He's doing it to raise awareness and funds for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Here's my conversation with Eric Bolak. Well, Eric, talk to me about this uh, one-day contract and what the event is and what it means to you. 
is for next this Friday, actually, uh, pitching for the Valley Cats starting. Um, it is in benefit. It's all in benefit for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. So we're trying to raise money and awareness for blood cancer patients, families, people that it's been affected, and try to get the word out as much as we can to move the needle as much as we can. Um, what it means to me, you know, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Uh, I signed up for this because of my purpose. You know, after I left baseball, it was really tough for me. Um, you know, I kind of lost my identity. I didn't know what the next step was and I didn't know where I was going to go from there. So me and my best friend, Ryan Parker, we co-founded a nonprofit called the Troy Expos, which does baseball workforce development and academic advising for, you know, the capital region and everything. And, you know, my hypothetical uh, cup started getting filled up, you know, it started to make me feel like I had purpose, you know, giving back to the community and, and wanting to be involved and, you know, mentoring kids to be able to have them grow up to whatever they want to be. And, you know, if I had any kind of, you know, blip of information that could help them do that. I wanted to do that and I wanted to provide that for them. Um, and so, you know, it just goes right along with my purpose in my life, which is, you know, give back as much as I can and, you know, have, have as many people as, you know, I can to be able to, you know, benefit from, you know, what I did in my life. And it means the world to me. You know, this whole thing means the world to me. It is so special to be able to have my family and friends come out and kind of get those feelings invoked again that they once felt and they once had when I was actually pitching in the, uh, in, and affiliated baseball, you know, the nervousness, the excitement, you know, those are the feelings where I felt the most alive. And I know my family and my friends did as well. And so it's, it's a special moment. Do you have anybody close to you? Is it maybe has it been battling leukemia and lymphoma at all? Uh, yeah, actually, my girlfriend's father is in remission. Um, he was diagnosed about five years ago. And, you know, he went into remission about a year ago. Um, but, you know, it's it's something that's super special to me to be able to move the needle. Because even five years ago, if they had the, you know, the breakthroughs and the research and the scientific developments that they have now, you know, things might be different. Um, I know that, you know, the the rate in which people are are getting a little bit better and and you're staying in remission is getting higher so you know the leukemia lymphoma society is a, obviously the biggest con contri contributor to that and you know just proud to be able to say you know i'm i can be a part of it in a little blip of time now your uh, girlfriend's dad was that uh, did he have lymphoma or leukemia he had non-hodgkin's uh, lymphoma okay. um and yeah, he uh, he's a great guy too. You know, I, I I'm 36 years old, never married, never have kid, never had kids. So, you know, I, I've had my fair share of girlfriends, but you know, this guy is just a, such a great father. He is somebody that's attentive, loving. You know, he's somebody that's funny. He's accepted me into their home. You know, it's just something that you know. I I, I hope that. You know, I, I and I wish that, you know, never happened to him. But, you know, as much as I can do for the cause and for, you know, obviously the development of, of more drugs and, you know, more research and just better support, you know, the better. 
How did you get the Valley Cats involved and have them uh, yeah, have, yeah, agree to this? Um, I have known uh, Matt Callahan and Rick Murphy for a long time. I grew up basically in the backyard of the Valley Cats Stadium. Um, I lived right in Emerald Greens with my parents, and, you know, we could hear the stadium's fireworks, and, you know, if something really cool happened in the game, you know, obviously the crowd would explode, and you could hear them from my backyard. And, um, you know, they've been involved with the uh, Troy Expo stuff for a while now. They were hu they're huge supporters. Um, they're wonderful people. And so I went to them, you know, about three months ago, and I pitched them this idea about, you know, using baseball as a tool and the platform that I have and being able to bring people out to the stadium, obviously see a wonderful baseball game, enjoy the summer night and make a difference. And they were, they were, you know, accepting and, and they were all ears and, you know, they've, they, they've, they have just been so wonderful over there that I can't say enough good things about them. Uh, when, when was the last time you pitched competitively? Uh, when I was 27, so about nine years ago. Um, nine years ago, uh, yeah, in uh, in Canada, actually. Um, last batter I faced, I struck out, and, you know, it's something that I always remembered. So how much uh, preparation? I mean, obviously, it's been a while since you've pitched in a competitive game. I know it's only, only going to be one inning, but... I mean, that's uh, how much uh, workout I've been doing getting prepared for this. Um, I've spent the last since February uh, training and preparing for this uh, for one inning. Um, you know, I've done my due diligence with working out and throwing and bullpens. Um, you know, I've taken it really serious. You know, first and foremost, you know, I want to obviously do as much as I can for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. But secondly, I want to be able to put the team in the position so they can win um somebody the other day asked me what would a good outing look like or be like and you know i i said the same thing that i said my whole career uh, i want to be able to put my team in the position that they can win and have a good chance of being able to obviously produce and um, score runs and win the game Will there be a sense of nervousness when you go out there, you know, not only pitching for the first time in nine years, but pitching in, you know, as you said, you, you were in basically backyard? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't be human if I, if I denied it. Um, I don't think anybody could deny it. Absolutely. But I love that feeling, and I miss that feeling so much. Even the buildup, even today, tomorrow, as we get closer, it's something where I feel the most alive. Um, again, the excitement, the nerves, you know, the, the the looking forward to towing the rubber and getting on the mound is is exactly what I've missed for nine years. You know, I've dreamt about finding this feeling again, and. I have an opportunity to be able to, and I can't be more happy and thrilled for, you know, obviously, again, just being able to bring awareness to this, but, you know, for my own selfish reason, reasons, I guess, also for myself. Any thoughts creeping into the back of your mind if you have a, a successful inning that, well, maybe I want to try independent ball or something or try to get back? <laughs> No, no. I, you know, somebody asked me that the other day. I left it all on the field when I played baseball. I really did. My body, you know, I took a beating. 
Um, I played the game like it was my last game, every single game. I played the, I played every practice hard. You know, I was the guy in the gym the earliest and the one to go home the latest. Um, and, you know, there's a toll. You know, not a lot of people understand that with professional athletes and sports afterwards. You know, you're hurting. You're hurting unit um, mentally, physically. And, you know, this is, this is a one-time thing. Um, you know, even these last, since February, when I started, you know, I, I definitely feel 36 when it comes to, you know, throwing baseballs and, you know, but that again, just makes me feel like, you know, going out there and getting it done is, is exactly what I want to do. And being able to walk away from the game, you know, with my head held high and proud is, is on the top of my mind. Mark, I appreciate a few minutes. Uh, good luck on Friday. Hope everything goes well. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. If you really want to know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle, and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity from the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. Take the Daily Gazette, the local voice of the Capital Region, along with you wherever you go. Want to win an Apple iPad? Download the app at either the Apple App Store or Google Play and enter the contest inside the app to win. Don't wait. The contest ends July 31st at midnight. The winner will be notified by the email used to enter the contest. Good luck. Hi, this is Albany men's basketball coach Dwayne Killings. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schock. Back to wrap up the podcast. The week 13 winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest was David Clements of Mechanicville with 40 points. David wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, David. The VIP winner for the second straight week was me, along with Dwayne Leach of All Seasons Equipment. I'll announce the auto racing contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the auto racing contest banner. Uh, There's no contest this week since it's all-star week for the NASCAR circuit. Just because COVID-19 mandates are easing, that doesn't mean you should relax. Be vigilant. If you have not gotten vaccinated or a booster shot, please do so. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Party Shots Podcast. I want to thank Mike McAdam and Eric Bullock for coming on the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Party Shots Podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots Podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Shots. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports.